Well, I'm back with you one more time this week so that we can discuss how, as believers who want to live under the Lordship of Christ and let His Spirit control our lives, how we can do that. We've been talking about verses from uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and 5 and how Paul talks about one of the worst problems is sexual sins and the things that relate to that. And now he talks about sins of the tongue, which relate to all kinds of things. He said that what we say, our tongues should be guided by the Holy Spirit. Our tongues should be allowed to glorify Christ in everything that we do. He says silly talk. The idea here is talk that is foolish and empty and senseless. That's stupid talk. Talk only befitting someone who is deficient morally and spiritually and intellectually. Two good indications of a person's character are what makes them laugh and what makes them weep. The saints of God see nothing humorous in obscene language or jest. Foolish talk does not mean innocent humor. Humor is especially important. We can't get along without humor. We have to laugh at ourselves. We have to laugh at other people. We have to laugh at certain things that happen. We have to laugh at jokes. Paul's not talking about small talk. He's talking about foolish talk. Then he mentions coarse jesting. That is the turning of a phrase, phrase, literally. It means that clever, witty person who can turn a phrase to something suggestive and filthy. That quick-witted person who can pollute any conversation with a jest that's always inconvenient and out of place. Paul says, what should characterize the child of God is none of this. But instead, what should characterize us is giving thanks. What ought to come out of our mouths more than anything else is gratitude. Gratitude to God, gratitude for others. Thanks pouring out of our hearts, expressions of unselfish love. Grateful for the blessings, grateful for friends, grateful for loved ones who care about us, grateful for gifts given to us, grateful for acts of kindness shown us, grateful for someone who cares, grateful for those who stand by us when we need a friend, grateful for all of the things that God has done. And you may say, well, All these things are good for me if I'm going to let Christ be the Lord of my life. But if I'm going to love like that, I don't know how I can do it. It's it's hard. Say there's a certain fellow that you've been finding very hard to love. Whenever you meet him, he says or does something calculated. It seems to arouse your resentment. You say, I'm a Christian, and I ought to love him, and I am determined to love him. And so you pray. Very earnestly, Lord, increase my love for him. Oh, God, give me love. Then taking a firm grip on yourself and summoning all your power, all your willpower, you set out to genuinely display to him that you love him. But when you get in his presence, something happens to bring all of your good intentions to nothing. His response to you is not in the least encouraging, but rather the reverse, and immediately your old resentment flares up again. Why is this? You're surely not wrong in seeking love from God. No, but you're wrong in seeking that love as something in itself, a kind of packaged commodity with what God desires, with what what God desires is to express through you, the love of his son. God has given us Christ. There's nothing now for us to do but to receive that love. Lord, love through me. The Bible says the fruit of the spirit is love. And many people think that all the other things that he mentions there, the eight other things 
that are the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians are, are really flow from love. Now let's consider the fellow who tried to love the person who was just was terrible to him. Lord, say something like this. He should do this. He should pray something like this. Lord, it's clear that in myself I cannot love him, but I know now that there is within me Jesus Christ, and he can love anyone. And I don't have to exert myself. I don't have to try. I don't have to strain. I'm just asking you to love him through me. Even if he's hard to like, I know that you can love him. And that's what will happen when we do that. God's love will begin to flow. I've had people through the years who've been very difficult and who have treated me with difficulty. And I remember several. I had to pray hard and long for God to enable me to love them, to love through me. I couldn't do it. It was impossible. But as I began to do it, then God's love began to flow through me. And as I allowed him to do that, then his love blessed other people and made a difference in their lives. And I think that's what God wants for us. I remember one particular man who had been criticizing me quite a bit in one of my early churches. And I began to, at first I was hate, I was resentful and bitter and angry. And then I asked God to forgive me and I asked God to give me love for him. And after a few months of praying that, God gave me an opportunity to express that love when his mother died. And I went by to see him and told him of my concern. And when I told him that I really cared and that I really was burdened for him about it, I really meant it. It was from the depths of my heart. And when I left that day, I felt an amazing power from God, an amazing lift in my spirit. What it was, was God was showing me that in spite of the man and in spite of me, that he had taken me and thrown out my resentment and given me love for someone who didn't deserve my love and didn't merit my love, but who desperately needed my love. What was interesting was that later on, he became a friend. Now, that doesn't always happen when we love someone out of God's love, and we allow him to love through us. But even if it doesn't, we've done what God asks us to do. And he says the greatest things are faith, hope, and love. And the greatest one of these is love. And if we learn to love as Jesus loved, for example, let me give you some ways to put this into practice. Today, say, Lord, love my children through me. Love my mate through me. Love those people at work through me. And as you pray that every day, even some of them may have very irritating habits. They may have very bad attitudes, and they may be even hurtful to you. But God will enable you to love them in spite of it, and he will even allow you to express that love in some way of kindness or mercy or grace. And he may even change their hearts, but he can if they want to be changed. Now, if they don't want to be changed, it won't happen. But he's not going to make them. He's not going to force them. But you've done what God wants you to do. You see, love, like someone sang years ago in a popular song, is a mini-splendored thing. It truly is. Love is of God, and true love, not the kind of love the world knows, but the kind of love that God gives, the kind of love that Christ demonstrated, is, is life-changing. It will change us when we love, and it will often change those that we do love. 
So today, say, Jesus loves so-and-so through me. Try it. Trust him. Ask him to do it. God bless you. Have a great day.